Uh, but, you know, we can kind of be that, have that doctor-patient relationship where we're just checking in and having checkups more, more so than doing a lot of the hands-on heavy lifting. We prefer to be uh, involved just so that we can bring matters to our client's attention uh, sooner rather than later. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. Running a business is a lot of work, but I don't have to tell you that. You already know how busy your average day is. You've lived through the struggles of managing the back office, all while trying to deliver your products and excellent client service. You know how hard it is to recruit and retain really great employees. And yet, even though you know it's impossible for you to know and do everything, like most business owners, you try to do it all yourself. But what if you didn't have to do everything yourself? What if you were able to outsource certain aspects of your business to professionals with expertise in areas like HR, accounting, payroll, and cybersecurity? What if you could outsource these business functions without breaking the bank? Today, Renee West and Matt Long are dedicated to finding outsourced solutions for owners of small to mid-sized businesses. As leaders on our HR consulting services team and client advisory services team, respectively, Renee and Matt hear a lot of misconceptions about outsourcing. So on this episode, they're going to clear the air while explaining what the outsourcing process might look like for you. Welcome again to Unsuitable, Matt and Renee. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Great to have you here, as always. Um, So what types of services are businesses choosing to outsource these days? What What are you seeing? Well, we're definitely seeing a trend in outsourcing for human resources mm-hmm. and IT and uh, client advisory services as well. Okay. So a lot of pieces and parts of what they do throughout the day can be outsourced. Okay. Now, Matt, your particular area of expertise, client advisory services, I, I, we've had, had you on before, but you know, from a business owner's perspective, talk to me about what what that means because that sounds kind of big. You know, oh my gosh, they're going to be all over me. So, yeah, what, what yeah. does that well, mean? Sometimes, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, really looking at the 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 accounting functions and finance functions from the transactional level work and and the data entry all the okay. way up to the financial statement preparation, uh, controllership, and CFO level services. Okay. So kind of the gamut. So yeah, it depends on on what the needs are and and, and all of that. Yep. Um, Renee, you mentioned some of the things you're seeing. Obviously, HR, IT, all these types of things being being outsourced. What um, what are the advantages to to doing so from from a business owner's perspective? There's there's definitely advantages, especially from a time saving standpoint. Uh, many organizations might not have a full-time employee that is responsible for those functions, and they might have a number of different people performing those duties, or there's one person doing them all. Right. So the ability to have somebody come in and help take that off of their plates, however, still keep them involved in the process, but allow them to focus on their key duties and their growth of their organization. Yeah, I, I think that's tremendous. I know when I was... Uh, private industry CFO for a few years, I found myself, I was doing a little bit of HR, a little bit of IT, 
areas which were frankly way outside of my <laughs> expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And I, you know, was always more fearful I'm doing more harm than good. Right. So. That's, and that's very common to feel that way. And especially now with heightened awareness around compliance, uh, more companies and owners and uh, are looking at what they need to do to be sure that they are doing things correctly. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm sure you and you hear this, Matt, um, sometimes, oh my gosh, what's this going to cost me? They think of it perhaps as a cost and, and not as an investment. So talk a little bit about the return that you can see from outsourcing. Yeah, I think um, at times it can be a cost-cutting exercise. Um, you know, if they have folks in-house, uh, you know, as uh, we see a lot of times, there'll be a person that uh, may be not as efficient as we can be, mm-hmm. or they're kind of filling their schedule or filling their day when it could be done much quicker and much more concisely. Uh, And I think outside of the cost perspective of the actual hard dollars, it's the opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. If these business owners are doing it themselves, you know, they could be serving their customers, uh, drumming up new business themselves, uh, servicing their patients, you know, whatever whatever their business is. And uh, when they're in the back office, whatever that function may be, they're not being customer facing. They're not out driving their business. They're not out growing for themselves. Yeah. So, and and even for those folks who maybe are in inside a company and that you've got a hybrid person doing several of these duties, you know, I think about it in the fact that, hey, they can be redeployed to somewhere that's more, more useful, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of times they're great. They're great folks. They're great individuals, uh, great, great people uh, with great skill sets, but maybe they, they don't have the unique skill set in order to do some of these functions um, efficiently, like I said. And, you know, a lot of times they're kind of just fumbling through it. Mm-hmm. And that can get them in trouble sometimes just because they don't necessarily know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And they're not, obviously, because they're embedded in that business every day. They don't get the the, the wealth of experience like we do as external consultants right. seeing hundreds and hundreds of, of businesses. Yeah, right? I think we, we can keep it a high level and make sure that they're seeing the big picture yeah. and driving them where they want to be focusing on versus being stuck in the weeds and, and caught up in the day-to-day. Yeah. Now, Renee, from your perspective on, on the HR uh, consulting side, obviously that continues to get more and more complex in terms of uh, you know, compliance and, and things like that. So uh, I imagine that's a huge advantage for a company to say, you know, I, I just, I don't even know where to start with this, right? Right. And that's, and again, we we have those conversations almost daily with clients of everything is changing so quickly. How do we keep up with everything? And, you know, I've mentioned before that I've seen, you know, in my experience in the last three to five years, more legislative changes in reference to HR than I have in my whole career. So being able to stay on top of that and still focus on your day-to-day duties, it's it's nearly impossible to do because it's ever-changing. What are some of those things you've seen over the most recent years that are the, most impactful? The, the most impactful is the heightened awareness around sexual harassment mm-hmm. and uh, the compliance with immigration and ensuring that you're employing um, legal United States citizens. Um, and also the compliance piece is huge. That's yeah. that's where we're seeing a lot with the overtime regulations and the Department of Labor making adjustments there as of this year 
again, there's even more pending legislation right now that we'll see changes, I'm sure, by the end of this year right? on some other topics as well. So from a, a client perspective, you can go in. It's it's not that you have to be there all the time, right? You can go in periodically and help them have the right policies, procedures, programs, you yes. know, handbooks, things like that. Sure. You know, we, we can be as hands-on as needed. We can be there, you know, if they want us to be there for a situational situation with some performance feedback, or we can help to create or update their handbook. We can also come in from a compliance perspective and do a compliance review of all of their hiring processes, everything from what their application looks like to their procedures for interviewing to their handbook to how they complete their I-9s. So there's a lot of different opportunities that we can help them um, on that compliance side. Yeah, that I mean, that's great stuff. Because mm-hmm. if I think, you know, as, as formerly being part of a, a small company uh, as I was and, and helping folks with that hiring process, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we right. kind of know the person. We've talked to a few people. We kind of know the right person, but we, we haven't documented this or done right. probably the things we need to do. And with the tight labor market now, it's even more crucial for employers when they're hiring to have strategies in place to be strategic in their recruitment and mm-hmm. have pre-screening so they're hiring the right fit of a person for mm-hmm. a role um, to help because it's hard to find key talent out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. So Matt, from your perspective on the client advisory services side, talk Talk to me a little bit about how broad this spectrum can be in terms of, you know, what you do from, say, a, a minimalist perspective to as embedded as, as you might be on the high end. What What's that look like? Yeah, yeah. like like Renee said, we can be as involved or as uninvolved as, uh, as the client would like. Um, ideally, we're more involved just so we can be more proactive and keep our pulse on things. Uh, but, you know, we can kind of be that have that doctor-patient relationship or we're just checking in and having checkups more more so than doing a lot of the hands-on heavy lifting. We prefer to be uh, involved just so that we can bring matters to our client's attention uh, sooner rather than later. And, you know, we, like I said, we can do everything kind of mm-hmm. soup to nuts or or we can scale back and try to leverage what, what uh, personnel they do have uh, and, and kind of build our our team around their team. Okay. So when I'm thinking about advisory services, um, I, I start to think about, okay, I'm, I'm looking at my financials, say, on a monthly basis. Can you help the the client understand maybe where there's uh, gaps there, things that they can improve, yep. that type of stuff? Yep. And, and that's really the fun part, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do the transactional level work. We, we prepare the financial statements, but the end game is really, hey, let's sit down and let's go through these financials. Let's use them as a tool to make decisions so we can drive their business forward, become more profitable, focus on growth, whatever really their goals are. And, and that's the fun part. So being able to take uh, what we've learned from other clients, best practices, uh, things we're seeing in the industry, take that, relay it to our, our clients that we're working with. Uh, you know, we have a large network of mm-hmm. non-CPAs that we can lean on for for other things. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's cool. And that's if I'm the business owner, that's what I want, right? That's the the value that you can help help bring to the yeah, table. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of a lot of these business owners, they know their business very well. Yeah. Uh, they know their trade or 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 their profession very well, but they don't necessarily understand how to connect 
the financial statements to their business. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's it's just a matter of um, teaching them how to read them, things, key things to be looking for. Uh, you know, when we can shave a couple points off of their their cost of goods, what that mm-hmm. really does to their bottom line and, and frees up cash flow. Yeah, and oftentimes I know you and I worked with a, a client here mutually uh, recently that quality of financial information is, mm-hmm. is a big thing too. They don't know what they don't know because they just yeah. don't have the ability to, to have that information at their fingertips. So a lot of it is getting that in their hands, right? Yeah, and, and just kind of coaching them and giving them some direction on what they should be looking for. Okay, this is where we want to get to. So let's talk about what those steps take to get to that point. Uh, and just kind of kind of guiding them and, and coaching them along the way. Okay. So we've talked a little bit, obviously, about IT and, and advisory services, HR, obviously. What are what are some other uh, services that that you see that make sense for uh, outsource type of uh, role? I know we have cybersecurity, right? Is a new new we thing do. that we do. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I know that um, it, it seems that a lot more companies are open to looking at options for outsourcing. Mm. Um, and I think definitely, you know, cybersecurity is a big part of that. And that will continue to grow as well. Um, I think definitely too, looking at things from a safety perspective, companies are looking, you know, to outsource um, assistance with that, with compliance as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, to piggyback off that, I think that, you know, you're going to, we're seeing a shift. Um, you know, it kind of started in the accounting, finance, HR functions, then it evolved to IT, cybersecurity. I think every business has has a need there. Obviously, payroll pr- payroll processing is a, a big one that Good has point. been around forever. Yeah. But I think we're going to start seeing a shift too to where you're going to see much more outsourced marketing, mm. outsourced public relations. And I even think it's going to start becoming even higher level. We're going to see outsourced um, uh, operational control, uh, outsourced um, strategic planning, things of, the, of those nature. Interesting. I mean, and, and it does make sense if you think about the fact that you have outside folks like yourselves that see hundreds and hundreds of these examples, you know, each and every week, and you can bring all those best practices to, to bear for the client. You're not just so down in the weeds with, right. with the one business. So if you partner those together, their knowledge of their their own operation and what their strengths are with kind of these external um, benchmarks, as it were, that that's kind of the, the perfect marriage, right? Right. And right. I, I think the beauty of it too is um, we certainly don't know everything, mm-hmm. but but we do have a large network and are able to, you know, I, we really look at ourselves as solution drivers and, and finding the answers for our clients whether that's internally within Ray or whether we got to look at look at our network. Right. That's a good point as well. We're, we're certainly not the experts in everything. <laughs> what are some of the biggest impediments you see, Renee, when, you, when you're out talk to a, a prospective client about maybe outsourcing HR, for example? That's a good question. I think, you know, a lot of them are looking at the, the cost, of mm. course, is a concern. You know, are we able to put money towards this uh, type of service. And, you know, our response to that is it's better to be proactive and have measures in place and have compliance um, reviews rather than being fined or Mm -hmm. have organizations or the Department of Labor come in and extend fines, which could be very detrimental to a company's bottom line. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that ability to really share 
that there's value and that continued growth of the organization um, at all different levels. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity for fines out there right now with department organizations coming out. So it's better to be proactive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think too, Matt, you probably see this, but when, when you talk to business owners about at some point a, a transfer of their business, whether it's internally to other family members or management or an external sale, if you don't have all these kind of policies and procedures and ways of uh, you know functioning in place, then what's your business really worth, right? Yeah, and, and where's the continuity there? And I think that uh, you know when when you look at it and uh, a business in 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 my mind, a lot of these business owners, yes, cost is certainly a factor, but they're also sometimes resistant to change in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the way they've always done things. So when you we we are suggesting new processes or uh, looking at new technologies, sometimes they're a little resistant in, in that respect. And getting them over that hurdle a lot of times really opens up the possibilities of all the other things that we can do for them and the efficiencies we can really gain. Yeah. And again, you know, I've, I've heard this before too. It's like, well, I've had so-and-so in that role or so-and-so in that role. But think about what they enjoy doing too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, as you said, they're just kind of filling their day. Can you redeploy them into something that's more beneficial, not only to the company, but for them personally and professionally, right? Yeah, more fulfilling for them, certainly. Yeah, so it's kind of having that ability to think and have those conversations with with, uh, the group. Do you find that when you go into a company, do you try to involve more than just the owner or do you start there and then say, okay, do we bring other management team folks into this conversation? I think that varies. We definitely, you know, I know from the HR side, work with, you know, the owners and and ask them, you know, of the involvement, who are we able to work with? And, you know, I found that being able to work with the team and involve them helps them to understand the importance of what we're doing. And they have buy-in to what we're doing as well. Um, but we definitely leave that up to the organization and be aware of their culture yeah. uh, to do what's best based on that individually. Very cool. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. echoing that, I think, you know, we, we typically start with the business owner, the decision maker. Um, I'm a big proponent of bringing in the folks that are currently in that role. Mm-hmm. So we can really just understand really what are they doing? What is consuming their day? What what do they think is important versus the business owner? Um, and, and really just trying to get the full picture yeah. so that we can put the best plan in place in order to, to do the work. Yeah, along, along those lines, do you get a lot of interesting divergence between like this person thinks this is what's important and the owner's like, what? What are you talking about? Occasionally, Does it happen? yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, occasionally. It's like the left yeah. hand isn't talking to the right and it's uh, uh, kind of catches you off guard sometimes and just kind of sit back and let them talk. And a lot of times um, I can take a lot out of it just by them them interacting. Yeah. So it's probably eye-opening just, just yes. from that perspective. Matt, talk a little bit about the size of, of businesses. Obviously, we deal with owner-managed, closely held businesses. That's our, our bailiwick. But from a, a, a revenue or asset size, what do you see on the on the small end where outsourcing works? And, and what do you see on the large end? What, what's your experience out there? Yeah, it's, it's um, kind of the gamut there. You know, we, we work with very small startups that, one, don't have any any accounting background at all. You know, they may be they're a serial entrepreneur, or they're they're they know what they're starting, but they don't necessarily understand the accounting or the importance of it right then. Mm. But they know that as they grow, they're not going to be able to keep up with it. And if they ever want to 
go and get some outside uh, investors that they're going to have to have some financials in place. And then on the other side of it, we work with some pretty large organizations uh, where where we're acting um, as their controller okay. and, and and bringing all the financials and working with their internal accounting department, really. Okay. And and their accounting department's doing the day to day. We're just giving the accounting department direction, guiding them, reviewing their work. Okay. Uh, helping them put processes in place. So even like 40, 50 million uh, revenue businesses yep. and up, that yep. there's certain functions there that mm-hmm. work. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, you know, we, we're very much client-centric and client-focused and look at it as what makes the most sense for this client in particular. Yeah. Now, Renee, from your perspective on, on the HR side, is there a specific size that, that works best? I mean, as companies get bigger, obviously they have their own sort of HR areas, mm-hmm. but where, where do you see most help? Actually, you know, to echo what Matt has mentioned, it varies. And, you know, those smaller to medium-sized organizations tend to have the most need. However, those larger companies, even if they have an existing HR department, at times might have projects or certain items that need external review Mm -hmm. where we can come in and be a part of that and be that third set of eyes that is not necessarily an internal HR review. So we're seeing that growth in that area as well. Very cool. Yes, it is. Yeah. So what what might some of the like a special project what what might that be? Sometimes there might be if there's an internal investigation, if oh, there's okay. um, a harassment issue or something where they need someone coming in from the outside, gotcha. uh, performance reviews or performance um, assistance and development of mm. some of their team members. Um, we definitely have tools to help with that as well. Okay, and even like pre-screening on the hiring side and things like like that. Yes, as well. we we work with um, individuals to again look at how to structure a pre-screening process to have um, processes in place to find that right fit. Yeah, You know, if there's a certain production job where they need to have a certain type of skill, we can strategically, you know, work on developing that job posting and that job description to help solicit the most type of applicant traffic to match that and then help them with the interviewing process and questions. Um, we also can conduct background screenings mm-hmm. to ensure that they're hiring um, qualified individuals. Who they think they're hiring. Who they think they're hiring. <laughs> yes. Very important. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, we we from the HR consulting can support them, the total employee life cycle wow. from the time of recruitment all the way through even offboarding, you know, if and when there is an economic downturn, you know, our sources will switch to that compliance from an outsourcing and a resource perspective to sure. help individuals. Very cool. Matt, from, from your perspective on client advisory services side, what do you see uh, uh, coming down the pike here in, in 2020 and, and beyond? Is it technology probably more than anything? Yeah, or? I think anyone that knows me, it's just I, I keep preaching the technology yeah. continues to change continues to get better. I think what we're going to see is that it's it's going to continue to do more and more heavy lifting. You know, just this week alone, I think um, I've demoed three or four softwares and, and I'm, we're constantly looking and vetting software to see what is best for our clients that we can implement and use. And then we're going to see more and more of that. I think in the future, our services are going to shift a little bit from doing a lot of the transactional work and doing a lot of the financial statement preparation to implementing systems and implementing processes oh, okay. and training, you know, uh, some folks on their end because they can they can potentially um, just have uh, the 
technology doing all of the heavy lifting and just a CFO or just a controller. Wow. Yeah. So everything continues to evolve. That's why that's Quickly. why I want the experts involved like you guys. <laughs> Quickly. And you got to keep your pulse on it <laughs> or, or you, you can't do. keep up. Yeah. That, that's uh, yep. that's great stuff. It's it's good to have the, the outside expertise. So, well, Matt and Renee, thank you. It's very insightful and loved having you on uh, as you. always. And look forward to having you on again to do a deeper dive into these these topics. So look forward uh, to it. if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's show. You can subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 